0: you know, we can try to give the right medication, make the right call. And of course, fear, I feel like in medical and nursing and healthcare practice, fear plays a part because we feel like we have to practice defensively because it's a litigious society and we want to dot all the I's and cross all the T's and do everything right because we don't want to get sued, right? And we don't want to get blamed for something that happened. But like you were saying, we can't just stay in that one place we can't just practice out of fear because we're going to get frozen in the headlights like little rabbits right so we also need to look at the other side like you were saying and you you said love but you also expanded what that means you were talking about love meaning courage and curiosity and just sort of like the open mind rather than the closed mind right is that where you were going with that
1: yeah exactly it's how we wanted to be love show up and hey there my friend welcome to the powerful and passionate healthcare professionals podcast i'm your host sabrina i am a cardiothoracic surgery pa with a background in public health and neuroscience i'm also your peak performance coach ambitious healthcare professional like you with a demanding career to become a confident leader who are living purposefully and fulfilled to truly be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life. Let's start our journey today. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Sabrina, for the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. And thank you for joining us on Wednesday. I'm so excited to introduce Keith, who is having an awesome experience. We met, chatted, and then we realized, oh my goodness, we have a lot of things in common. And it's fortunate I was on his show, and then he is on my show. And so much to share with you. He hosts the Nurse Keith Show. And he's on Facebook, on many different platforms to give you the best results on how do we help our nurses, our really the true foundation of healthcare to perform at a better level, to reduce your stress and to really enjoy what we do. And Keith is a freelance writer, a podcaster, expert career coach, motivational speaker and award-winning nurse blogger. Keith's podcast. The Keys Show offers invaluable information for nurses and healthcare professionals seeking career satisfaction deeper their knowledge, and interviews with high-level healthcare leaders and influencers. His platform reaches nurses worldwide, and he can be found at NurseKeith.com And on all the other social media, he lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico, with his remarkable, intelligent cat, George. So thank you so much for joining us, Keith.
0: Thanks for having me. And George is sitting right here in the sun. He's um, supervising (laughs) the conversation.
1: Oh, 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 okay. Great supervisor. My little Ella is sitting by the door because otherwise she'll be like, hello, mom, excuse me. Let me chime into the conversation.
0: Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Great. Thank you so much. And please introduce yourself more in depth. I know there's so much to be shared about you. I could not do the justice.
0: Oh, you did a great job. Well, I've been a nurse since 1996, and I've spent most of my career in ambulatory care, community health, home health, hospice, case management. And actually had a year as a public health nurse for a town of 25,000 people during H1N1. So that was an interesting experience that has given me a different kind of insight into the current pandemic we're experiencing now. And I started blogging back in 2005 just for fun. And that sort of morphed into freelance writing and then doing some coaching, becoming board certified eventually. And then podcasting came along around 2011 and some partners and I launched one of the first nurse podcasts on the internet. It was called RN FM radio. And my show eventually spun off of that one. And it's been an interesting journey. RNFM kind of went, it sunsetted. And my show just passed 300 episodes. And it's been a really interesting process of slowly evolving what I do and why I do it and who I'm trying to reach. So it's been fun. And you and I are both now on the Health Podcast Network. So we share that in common as well as both being on that pretty cool network.
1: Yeah, exactly. Podcast Network, both our shows on it. And then uh, so many other awesome shows like Kevin MD, Mayo Clinic, some of the bigger journal podcasts is also on these shows because right. we know healthcare is such a big topic, big field. How can we truly empower ourselves so we can not just talk the talk, but we actually walk the walk. So we are leading ourselves be able to working, performing in a place we feel satisfied, we feel good, and then we can even give more to other people.
0: Exactly right. And I think you know, the reach of healthcare media influencers is pretty big right now. And I think the Health Podcast Network is a nice piece of that, where we have all of these, you know, relatively related podcasts who all deal with healthcare on some level. And we're seeing, you know, nurse podcasts, we're seeing behavioral health, we're seeing you as a PA, and we're even seeing patient-focused podcasts emerging. So I feel like all of these voices are really important, and it's a way for us to speak directly to our audience and pretty much circumvent the mainstream media. So we can be our own little production company and get our information and our message out to the world. And we don't have to try to go through the New York Times or Newsweek or any other organization. We can do it ourselves. And I think that's one of the most amazing things for me about blogging and now podcasting and also, you know, YouTube and Facebook Live and now LinkedIn Live is that if we have something to say, we can actually jump on a platform of our choosing and speak to the world. And I think that's a pretty democratizing power that we have right now. And I don't take it for granted. I think it's very, very important.
1: Right, exactly. The truth is we are all came from somewhere, even before we got into medicine. And then we evolve as we become a practitioner in this field. But it doesn't mean that healthcare is our identity. We still need to find What we truly believe in, how we wanted to show up, was our value system that become non-negotiable. If we start losing these side, we're always using patient comes first or some other way to excuse, Oh, well, everything is life and death. Then we start getting trapped into just the doing part instead of why we even started this journey and how we wanted to show up and where we wanted to go in our life. And if we can't even answer these basic core foundational questions and not able to reflect on the regular basis, then yes, it's easy to get lost when we have such a demanding career.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. And healthcare has switched into overdrive these last nine months since the pandemic began back in, well, March, more or less, we can say March, 2020. So a lot of people are stuck in the storm because they're working in ICUs and ERs and step-down units and COVID units, and they can barely catch their breath because they're facing an existential crisis. And my concern for the people who are there on the front lines isn't simply just that compassion fatigue can set in or burnout can set in, but I'm really concerned personally about secondary trauma and the effects of ongoing trauma on healthcare providers on the front line and how this is going to impact them and their careers and their desire to continue on in healthcare. If they would like to be leaders, what that's going to mean for them having lived through this experience. So I think this is a, a really important moment for us to assess. And I think once the pandemic's in the rearview mirror it's going to be really interesting to look back and just assess where have we been and where do we really want to go as a community a community of healthcare providers and people who care about healthcare delivery
1: right exactly actually yesterday one of the nurse leading educational expert in our hospital he actually reached out to me We were going to put on a in-house summit for our nurses, especially for Magna qualification, all the good stuff, but that was pre-COVID. So we have to put that on hold. But now, since we just had an year review, I'm sure many hospitals across the board had just recently done employee satisfaction, right? Like different things on how we feel about our career. Are we being supported? by our manager, or how are we feeling in our job right now, the number one factor is that mental support. So he approached me about how can we create a more of a type. And then one thing I suggest that, yeah, we can do the educational teaching part of the workshop. We can build in uh, small activities that people can implement. But even that is still a more so a knowledge base Right, And what if, like some other people, we can create a a text group, we can create a, a every other week to just jump on a group call that has nothing to do with work, quote unquote is volunteer. You share your own story and people become that mastermind to support each other. And therefore, people don't feel obligated or hide behind whatnot, feel like they have no place to vent just because your managers aren't there busy as well. Sometimes we couldn't see every little detail.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. I think giving people that place to tell their stories is important because stories aren't just us telling the details of what happened because underneath the story is the subterranean stuff, you know, how it's really impacting us. Like if we were there with a patient as they died of COVID and their loved one was on FaceTime on a laptop or a a tablet during that moment, you know, and they were saying goodbye, you know, that's not a small thing to witness or whatever anyone is going through right now. And the potential for feelings of helplessness and we need to each take responsibility, of course, for what we're going through and how we pull ourselves through these experiences. But we also need leaders who recognize that, yes, there's the task based notion of healthcare. You know, we start the IV, we give the medication, we do the things that have to be done. But there's also the other layers of what patient care means. And then there's also the team dynamics. You know, we're working with so many people in the collaborative environment and there's a lot to unpack there about what's happening in healthcare right now and, and all the lessons we can learn from what we're going through.
1: Right, exactly. Just like anything, we cannot predict the future and the two major driving forces in our life is going to be fear or love. Do we choose to be led by fear of accomplishing, making sure all the results are there, make sure we order the right test or deliver the right medication, give the right treatment plan and make sure everything. If we constantly get caught up by that controlling environment, feeling like XYZ has to be accomplished before ABC needed to get there. Then we put ourselves and everybody else around us and even our patients going to feel that tense of anxiety. However, if we're driven by love, that means curiosity, exploring, be able to show courageousness, open to conversation, open to these opportunities, dialogues. Then we put ourselves in the spot of Hey, you know what? We don't know everything, and that's okay. And our patient might be experts in law in their own career field, which we have no idea about, right? Mm-hmm. And that just makes us all special in individual way. But it doesn't make us better or worse. It just simply we're using our knowledge in different ways, and it can be that we're just honest right? It's just like Brene Brown talks about vulnerability is the way to lead. If we show up as our true self and understand what that even look like, and then just build a human connection, then we don't have to feel like our identity, our achievement is only tied to a result.
0: Right. And healthcare is very result-based, of course. We're looking for particular outcomes. And if we take COVID, you know, we want the patients to live and we want them to not have any real long-term negative consequences, some of which we can control and a lot of which we can't control, right? And that's where, like you were saying, that's where fear comes in because there's so much outside of the realm of our control. You know, we can try to give the right medication, make the right call. And of course, fear, I feel like in medical and nursing and healthcare practice, fear plays a part because we feel like we have to practice defensively Because it's a litigious society and we want to dot all the I's and cross all the T's and do everything right because we don't want to get sued, right? And we don't want to get blamed for something that happened. But like you were saying, we can't just stay in that one place. We can't just practice out of fear because we're going to get frozen in the headlights like little rabbits, right? So we also need to look at the other side, like you were saying, and you you said love, but you also expanded what that means. You were talking about love, meaning courage and curiosity and just sort of like the open mind rather than the closed mind, right? Is that where you were going with that?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's how we wanted to be love, show up and knowing there are more to life. So love is not just about having someone or something to love, but the way that we make impact is also that positive love.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, you do have a great deal of interest in leadership, right? Healthcare leadership. And I feel like when leaders can show up with curiosity and with compassion and with open-mindedness and open-heartedness, which you could translate as love, right? When leaders can show up in a way where they're not dictatorial, they're not authoritarian, but they're interested, they're listening, they're watching, They're looking at the people who report to them and thinking, "Huh, is that person okay? Or what can I do to grease the wheels of this team and help this team to be more successful and more efficient and have everyone feel better and feel happier, even in a difficult moment?" So I think there's so many lessons we can always extract from what we're going through and what we're experiencing and what we're observing. And you mentioned the word curiosity. In healthcare, we do get stuck in those fear-based algorithms. We're practicing defensively. And I think when we lose that sense of creativity and curiosity, I think that's where actually we can make mistakes and we can miss things because we're stuck in fear mode. Like I said, a little rabbit crossing the street.
1: Yes, yes. You're so right. And most of the time, If we don't go back to that positive, the love, right, where all this created, where all this motivation started, then we start getting lost in things. So that's why I believe we don't truly have a stress management or burnout issue. We have a boundary and leadership issue. How can you truly lead others if you're not leading yourself in your own life? And how can you lead others or learning about all these leadership models if you don't know how to truly connect and bring out the best in other people? And that's why I believe leadership really is creating influence. It's knowing your own genius zone. And your passion zone and knowing the same in other people that's around you. So when you create something, you're naturally bring out the best in other people and allow them to work in their own genius zone and passion zone and not just simply assign things, feeling like things are not working out and why to fix that one problem. Well, if they're not good at it and they don't like it, why force someone to do that? It doesn't make sense at all. If we mm-hmm. actually understand our people better. And just like our patients, if you understand what drives them, what motivates them in life, now we can truly give them the quality of life that we always speak about. You only trade, you do surgery and do all this stuff because you wanted to improve them quality of life. If you don't even know what that looked like, how could you say you are really improving their quality of life?
0: And where you started there was with the leader understanding their own genius zone understanding their own motivations and how they're doing. And I think that comes down to self-awareness and a leader who's self-aware, who can look at themselves from a relatively objective viewpoint when necessary and think, hmm, okay, so maybe this approach I've been taking to this person or this team, maybe that hasn't been quite right. Maybe I need to look at what's getting in the way of me really showing up for the people who look to me for leadership. So I think self-awareness is important. And then when you can bring that self-awareness and demonstrate it to members of your team that you're thoughtful, that you're curious, that you're always trying to grow and evolve, then that really creates a different kind of dynamic between a leader and the people who that person's leading. And you're right, that leader, if they're in touch with themselves, and I look at emotional intelligence and relational and behavioral intelligence, and that means being able to perceive one's own emotions and label them for what they truly are, and then translate them into proper action with other people. And then being able to read other people's emotions and actions and being able to respond appropriately. And leaders who are non-reactive, who are calm, who stay in a zone of equanimity, they can then bring out the genius in other people because they're not in that reactive mode, they're really watching and listening and curious. And the same goes with patients. We have to listen to our patients, right? They're not just a number. They're not just a diagnosis. They're a real life person with their own goals and motivations.
1: Exactly. Hit on right on the nail. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And um, I know that all of us, when you especially mention self-awareness, and that's mm-hmm. one reason I ask our speakers to take the holistic life assessment and figure out what is our number one killer in creating our own harmony in life and what are the things that we can truly leverage and do more, right? Ultimately, we can all be experts in our own field, but Mm -hmm. it's difficult to be expert in everything. That's about being a human. We don't sure. have to hold on to our titles or our experience of whatever we've been doing in our life to feel like that's it. So, Keith, sorry, I forgot to share our mm-hmm. result with you. I can either do a screen share really quick mm-hmm. or do you want me to read it off?
0: You can do whatever you like. You're the <laughs> host. You're in charge. You're All right. rodeo. <laughs> All
1: right. Screen share. Can you see this?
0: Not quite yet. It's there we go. Okay.
1: Anything surprising to you and anything that you thought about when you took the assessment or anything you would like to change?
0: There's plenty I'd like to change. (laughs) I think I'm not surprised that the life mission is pretty clear. You know, I'm assuming that because that's a bigger area, you know, it's a six, I think it says that that's a higher score and I am not surprised that that is there because I am pretty clear about what my life is about, what my work is about, and I'm not surprised by some of the other areas that are lacking. I consider myself a healthy person, but I also have quite a few health conditions, several of which I don't really have a lot of control over, and I'm pretty open and authentic on my podcast in my public life that I live with chronic pain. So being a healthcare provider who lives with chronic pain and understands chronic pain, we can see how that can actually impact so many areas of our life, you know, our emotional life. It can impact our work, our relationships. So none of that is really surprising to me when I look at that.
1: Yeah. Awesome. What would be all the, everything that you saw, that one thing you wanted to do more of and one thing you wish you would change?
0: Hmm. Let's see. I know the financial area is definitely a struggle, and I'm open about that. Especially at this time, being a self-employed person during the pandemic, it's really a challenge to not have a regular job and a regular paycheck. So that's something I'm looking really deeply at. And relationships are also challenged during the pandemic because we can't really spend as much face-to-face time with people. So we have to invest in relationships in different ways. So I'm continually looking at what relationships are important to me and how to enrich those relationships. So I've been sending postcards to people because I'm really busy. So writing a lot of long letters is hard, but sending really nice little postcards to people is pretty simple. So I've been sending out a bunch of postcards every week to friends and trying to nurture relationships in different ways because relationships are very important to me. I also became separated from my wife in this past year. So that has added another layer of challenges around relationship. So yeah, it's a very interesting time in my life. And looking at turning 60 in a few years, you know, we look at our developmental stage. So I'm characterized as the autumn of life, right? So being close to 60, sort of like not quite in the winter, but I'm in the autumn. There's a certain energy to looking at the fact that one... More of one's life has been lived than is in front of you. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. It's in the golden age where you feel like, hey, there are things that you establish, that you enjoy, that you have given so much and make an impact. But what else is there as you still have so many more that you could give and then so mm-hmm. many more years that you can shape your life into something mm-hmm. else? And uh, I believe you're so right about that being intentional, reaching out. Not many people get physical letter anymore, right? Mm-hmm. A card in the mail. It just makes it extra little special. And sometimes mm-hmm. we don't even know each other's address and <laughs> because we have yeah. each other's email address and phone numbers. And the physical address, people move around, you just get lost.
0: Yeah, I have a Google Doc with, I try to keep all my friends' physical addresses on it. I keep it updated as much as I can. And it is very special. You know, it's nice to text someone or send them an email. But when you receive something in the mail that someone took the time to, like, pick out a card and write on it and put a stamp on it, like they actually bought a stamp and put it in the mail, it might seem very old-fashioned. But I think especially right now where connection is challenging, It's really hard to stay connected with people in this weird, weird historical time we're living in. So going the extra mile and doing something unique for someone can really have a big impact. And I even talk to my clients, my coaching clients in terms of their careers that, you know, if you find somebody on LinkedIn, you think is really cool, you know, and you send them an invite, a personalized invite on LinkedIn to connect. That's really great. And they may or may not respond because they may not see it. Right. And I always say if you find somebody out there in the professional world who you really want to meet, like this person's a leader or influencer, and you think, wow, that person's so amazing. On LinkedIn, you know their name, you know where they work, if they work at an organization, you get the address and you send them a letter or a card. And if you really want to stand out in the world, sometimes you have to do something a little different and that can catch someone's attention. So whether you're doing it for a friend or you're doing it for a colleague who you want to meet, I think doing something unique and special really can have an impact. Like you left me a video, you sent me a personalized video, and that was really special too when you first were reaching out to me. That was really, really nice.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for saying that. And for everybody else out there, yes, it's about being that unique approach and taking that extra time to film it, read a video like what I did or writing a card, sending a go to the mail, post office, buying a stamp, even though it might take us a little longer time, and then also be more intentional about what to say to people and mm-hmm. make you someone who actually want to reach out. Not the massive, just easy way is reaching out by personal DM versus the email, a standard email. So if mm-hmm. we put a little bit extra effort, and even when you're reaching out to other people, you put in the extra effort and you also give some resources. That makes a difference than, hey, I'm so-and-so, I want to connect. Then you become all you instead of how your connection will become win-win situation.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Awesome, what we talk about. I think we can always talk nonstop. (laughs) Um, I am so grateful that you're here to share all your knowledges with our audiences in the healthcare industry.
0: Thanks, Sabrina.
1: For everyone who wanted to find you besides going to the nursekey.com, where Mm -hmm. else... Do you want them to reach out
0: for? Well, uh, my podcast is a good place to get to know me and what I'm all about. It's the Nurse Keith Show. So it's on the Health Podcast Network. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on any platform you can find. And nursekeith.com, you can find the podcast there. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And I love connecting with people. So if anyone out there wants to connect with me and they like some of my material or what I'm doing out there, I'm happy to hop on the call on Zoom or on the phone to have a chat, just like you and I did the first time, Sabrina. So I welcome people to come and look at my stuff and see if they would like to connect. And I'm more than happy to.
1: Awesome. This is so amazing. Thanks everyone for listening. And for all of you out there, you know, just figure out what is this week even mean for you. Let's not think about the whole year as we step into 2021. Mm-hmm. It could just be what does the rest of the month look like for you? So if we're simply a little bit better prepared on thinking what we wish to accomplish and put the baggages of the burden that we have so long, then we can create some simple system to truly help you to get to the next level because you have so much and so m- much meaning that you can create impact. So we thank you so much and please visit sabrinarumbach.com forward slash podcast for further episodes and please leave us a review on iTunes. Check out Nurse Keys show. And he is being ranked very highly in our industry and have so many episodes out there with different resources experts in our industry as well. So we appreciate you for everything, you spending time with us. And um, until next time. Bye-bye. All right, my friend. How did you love this episode?